Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul, seal your doom tonight. Spooky... So, Adam, I get cyberbullied on this podcast a lot for having bad taste uh, in movies and TV. Really? Yes. And... Maybe it's true, because I should say that I am kind of an M. Night Shyamalan fan, actually. You know what? Uh, I guess I would get cyberbullied, too, because I'm actually a pretty big fan of, obviously, the earlier work. And sometimes, you know, I like me a real weird M. Night Shyamalan film, where I don't really know what to expect. The thing is, I, I, I haven't seen the super dog shit ones. I've purposely avoided what i consider probably to be the worst three um and, and we can go through them all but even the bad ones i tend to find something that i enjoy about them okay but you're so you're not a super fan you're not you're not going out to see every single film like you're picking and choosing you're like let's not i'm not, yeah, I'm not a realm of dog shit I can tell okay. from a trailer and from a, a the, the discourse around a movie that i don't need to waste my time watching it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what, just, I'm, what I'm saying is, you're not a true fan. I'm. I. I think I'm a more of a true fan than most people because I don't. I don't enjoy them. You know, ironically, in a so bad it's good way. I typically, genuinely enjoy them. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, so you're you're like a pizza fan, but you're like, please hold the pineapple. Yeah, maybe. So. Uh, very quickly let's just go through them he had a few dramas that nobody has seen before 1999's the sixth sense which i don't think it's a stretch to say that this is an amazing movie i think in a lot of ways it's kind of like a perfect movie and it's not just that it's like well written and well acted it's very like genre defying because like the scary parts are incredibly scary but it's also like mostly just a straight drama I have no idea how the person who made The Sixth Sense made the movie we're discussing today. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where I do not believe, canonically, that M. Night Shyamalan directed The Sixth Sense. Yeah, he he murdered the person who wrote The Sixth Sense and stole the screenplay from them. I fully believe that. If you If you told me that right now, even if you didn't even have a straight face on, 100% bought in. It's such a great movie. It's very, like, emotionally affecting. Like, you know, the parts that are scary are super scary. Uh, the parts that are supposed to pull on your heartstrings really do. It's just, like, so well-written, acted, directed. The cinematography, there's a lot of interesting, like, shots and, and, and setups to the scenes. It, it's, it, for, like, it, he just seems like such a master of his craft in The Sixth Sense. I haven't watched that movie in a decade, and I can recall stills from that movie in yeah. my mind right now easily. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Me too, like, me too. Um, and it, it, perhaps one explanation is that, you know, when you're young and hungry and, and, and you have something that you want to say, not that someone is just going to pay you to think of something to say, but you have a genuine artistic vision that's different from when you're a millionaire resting on your laurels. Just like, oh, what could I come up with today? Sure. I, you know, I also, you know, I, I'm a big believer in uh, Crossroads deals. Um, I think it's 100% a possibility that uh, M. Night Shyamalan made a deal with uh, 
some sort of being on one of the the lower the lower planes of existence, and uh, you know, got some semi uh, some infernal inspiration. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nudge that out. Right, and or this could be some kind of ironic curse, like uh, sort of like the 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 Oracle of Delphi, like. You know, yes, you will make one of the greatest movies of all time, but then your legacy will be remembered as a hack who makes bad movies. Question. Do you think we are getting baited into the autobiographical M. Night Shyamalan film where he uses his real life journey as a horror story Mm -hmm. to make a horror movie as his final opus? It could be. Or maybe this is all just, yeah, performance art. (laughs) The mediocre sense. After that is Unbreakable, which is fine. I, you know, I, I know that movie has a lot of fans. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm not excited if it's on TV. I think it's just okay. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I would actually up a little, you know, I know we're not giving ratings right now, but I, I'd go up a little bit from where you are. I enjoyed it. Um, sorry, just to make sure that that's with the, uh, the Samuel Jackson, correct? Yes. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was such a cool take on the still budding uh, comic book genre. And then after that, this is kind of controversial. The movie Signs, a lot of people hate this movie. I think the hate is kind of unwarranted. I really like it. You know, is everything in there, you know, perfectly logically consistent? Well, maybe not. Maybe if you're taking it at face value. But, like, even if the answer, the stupid answer is water kills them, okay, maybe that plot point is dumb. I don't think that undermines that it's a really well-performed, well-acted movie. Yeah, I mean, also it's got so much going for it. Like, that's... That's like golden age Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, before uh, before the DUIs. The, <laughs> before, uh, yeah, before the DUIs comments. and the anti-Semitism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets... Uh, the DUIs are like the least of those concerns, right? Um, yeah, that was golden age. That was, that was like Patriot era Mel Gibson, right? Like, like uh, just take a, take a bite out of that man, if you know what I mean. And yeah, you know and, I mean. and not just signs, but... Uh, sorry, not just Mel Gibson... But also, um, oh god, now his name is Joaquin Phoenix gives a great performance mm-hmm. in there as well. He does. Oh my god, the star power in those early Shyamalan films. We've already talked about Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix. Like right, and, and you know again, what? people okay, wait, hate wait, wait, it because wait. like one or two details. They're like, oh yeah, it's water. Water. Well, there's moisture in the air. Why didn't that just? Okay, fine. Okay, sure, sure, sure. The aliens are dumb. They should have seen the water. Like, why don't you just look past that point to the themes of the movie? I mean, yeah. We, why do we start pointing out dumb stuff in an art? Like, all all horror is essentially dumb. Yeah. In its origin, anyway. Like, are we going to go back in time and be like, well, you know, why did those teenagers go back in the house after they saw the threatening hobo? Yeah, it, it's not supposed to make sense. It's it's supposed to make you feel something, and if you're so inside your own head that you can't stop poking holes, then you're never going to feel anything about it. All right, yes. and then Although the next movie. Say, okay, okay. Yeah, the, go ahead. The, the real the real problem there is not that there's plot holes. It's that the people who are complaining were not immersed enough in the film while watching it. Yeah. To you know to. To not feel those plot holes. That's the real, like, the end of the day struggle. And I think that that's probably the turning point around the turning point where Shyamalan starts to uh, edge into areas where that's happening a lot, even for me. Okay, so the next movie, again, has a lot of haters. This is maybe, like, after The Sixth Sense, my second favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's also just one of my favorite movies as well. 
is the village. I there's there's nothing ironic about my love of that movie. It is a beautiful movie, shot beautifully, acted beautifully, amazing score, uh, and the 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 twist because like they're kind of, there is a twist in this one, and like everyone hated it. And, I and it's it. hard to identify exactly like why people hate the village so much. I just feel like they they really didn't like the ending to Signs, and that just carried over into the village. Maybe. Well, yeah, you know, he's such a he's such a name director, right? It's not it's not just like a movie. It's M Night Shyamalan's blah blah blah. So that sets yourself up for a love hate relationship with your audience to start with. Mm-hmm. And if they had a problem with your prior movie, they're gonna find a problem with this movie, which is I think what you're saying, like. After that, uh, we kind of entered the dark times. Well, well, did you like The Village? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And you know what? The Village and The Sixth Sense are two movies where I genuinely, the first time I, I saw them, I had no clue that Bruce Willis was dead. I was, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, yeah, God, you got me. Same thing in The Village. I honestly, I knew something funky was going on. I really didn't see it coming. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. Yeah, so that's probably the last great M Night Shyamalan movie, um, and and we we get a few stinkers in a row. The Lady in the Water is one of the ones which I have not seen. I've seen video essays pick it apart on YouTube. It does not look like my kind of movie. Anyway, have you seen it? Uh, I did, and I don't remember it, which means probably just move on. Okay. After that, again, here's one of his stupid movies, which I enjoy, which is The Happening. Bad movie, stupid, terrible dialogue, bad characters. Very interesting concept, some interesting visuals. Uh, I like it, even though it sucks. I watched that movie for 15 minutes and then went and probably like, probably like made some, made some Eggo waffles and just like went about my night. The next one I also have not seen. I haven't seen The Lady of the Water. I have not seen The Last Airbender. That's, that's as far as I know, I did not see it. Um, that's like a love it or hate it, right? If you love The Last Airbender, I feel like I have a lot of friends who, who are into the, uh, that mythology and like the film no matter what. No, no. I think actually the, the, the Last Airbender fans hated it and revolted. When, when it really? Came out, okay, yeah. My crew does not. They okay. actually just loved that there was a movie made about it. I'm interested in knowing more about that because I, I got to throw some flack back at them. Do you know why they hated it? Was it just like a travesty? Um, it was just like really poorly acted. It was like a really rushed accounting of the first season. I remember there was a big controversy that like in the show, the characters are like explicitly uh, non-white and then he just made all the actors white which again interesting i wonder because like m night Shyamalan isn't white so like was that perhaps a studio casting decision that was out of his control uh who knows again i i'm not you know i don't care about the last airbender so i won't but i won't begrudge the fans the things that they care about um yeah i don't i have i same boat it's like it's just it's not a uh it's not a vehicle that i ever wanted to see then we have a kind of like a half M. Night Shyamalan movie. This is something he came up with the concept and he came up with the overall story. He didn't write the script, but he did produce it. A horror movie called Devil, which takes place entirely on an elevator. Have you seen that one? Um, I did not see Devil um, because okay. I remember remarking to myself in the, in the theater when I saw the preview, that looks like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. 
it's pretty dumb although i would say like you know it's it's fun it's like a mystery who done it which but there's not a great payoff they think they really shot themselves in the foot by putting m night Shyamalan's name on that seeing as how he was only the producer and maybe like you know conceptually came up with a story uh at this point in his career i think if they had left him off the trailer maybe it would have done better well you know it's like um What's it called when you know when they like when a TV show does the the low budget episode where they just use one one set uh, bottle episode is that it yeah yeah it's like a it's like a bottle episode but probably for like a ninety plus minute film hey, yeah we're gonna talk about another one of those <laughs> yeah that just doesn't appeal to me you know <laughs> like okay right. okay a mystery and an elevator don't go on right. <laughs> After that, uh, again, a movie I have not seen, but I've seen video essays tear it to pieces. The sci-fi film After Earth, starring Will Smith and Jaden Smith. Uh, apparently, it's god-awful. I've never once had any uh, desire to see it. I have not. <laughs> I have not seen it. But I also refuse to see uh, any movie with uh, Jaden Smith, so... I, can't, I think I can't honestly, which movie he ruined uh, or helped ruin? Can't remember which one. Was it the Was it the Karate Kid remake? Was he in a Karate Kid remake? Oh uh, yeah, Jaden Smith was in that. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he helped ruin that. So never again. Pre pre or post. Again, I didn't see either of these movies. I don't have much to say about them, but I feel like the last Airbender and After Earth are him his big sellout movies that he probably got a lot of money to make a last airbender movie and to make an after earth movie with will smith and he probably did not care if they came out good or not i would assume yeah they, they were in his vision you know like m night Shyamalan films especially the good ones are so him they're so right. the person we've learned that is him so yeah i 100 percent think that he just doesn't have buy-in and doesn't care and I feel a sort of resonance with him in the sense of like things that I don't care about and I don't work hard on do turn out like subpar yeah. in comparison to other people's like averaged a little effort. Like mine is worse than theirs. Right. I don't care. So this begins now what is perhaps like the M. Night Shyamalan renaissance, at least in terms of pleasing crowds. Um, I don't really love any of these movies. But audiences did, and that's what M. Night Shyamalan needed at this point, because he's just coming off the back end of several box office bombs. And he kind of goes like the A24 route. He's like, okay, no more uh, no more big budget blockbuster horror movies. That's I keep fucking that up. I'll make smaller, cheaper, more personal movies that I can have complete control over. And then even if I fuck them up, who cares? Because it's my money, and 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 I, it's just a, it's it's a it's a small mistake anyway. Even if they fail, and that's how we get the visit, which again, audience loved. Audiences loved it. It was full of jump scares. Uh, it, it had a lot of jokes. Uh, I thought it was pretty bad, um, but it was a hit, which is that's the important part. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to take your word for it, and then I'll, maybe I'll, I'll look that up. Later. The visit. If you haven't seen the visit, it's about uh, these two young children go to visit their 
uh, estranged grandparents who they've never met before, and it turns out their grandparents are crazy and evil, and that's that's the concept. The concept is old people are scary. <laughs> I actually, now that I'm thinking about this, um, was that like a I'm trying to think of the date? Um, was that like a 2000 and like 17 ish? Yeah, yeah, 2015, about there, yeah. Okay, maybe not say 2015. Uh, I, I'm recalling something this I can't say, but I do remember some scary old people. I remember like an old one with a knife or something like that, and like a kind of the iconic scene that stands out in my head. Um, did it feel kind of like a fairy tale? I'm just trying to recall if I've actually seen this. Uh, you would probably remember if you had seen it because there's a scene towards the end where the the little brother character, who one of the main characters, who is a germaphobe, uh, like the big crescendo of this movie is when the crazy grandpa character pushes his face into a dirty used old man diaper yeah haven't seen that and uh feeling <laughs> a little less pumped about seeing it now <laughs> <laughs> after oh that is split which was another crowd pleaser um another smaller intimate movie it's got a cast of four people and then jave mcavoy playing 12 characters a dude with did uh i like it i think it's pretty good great performance by james mcavoy uh some twists and turns in there as well pretty good movie i think okay once again you you have me at a disadvantage uh i guess i have some shyamala to catch up on and so i guess if you haven't seen it i'll go ahead and spoil the after credit scene which i thought was really stupid where it turns out that the main character from unbreakable has heard about the evil multiple personality bad guy from split and decided he's gonna take him down that's the after credit scene showing that this is all in the same universe oh my god everything <laughs> at least those two the movies. village same universe <laughs> uh which brings us to 2019's glass which again this is him uh maybe thinking like i'm back baby he makes a big budget hollywood movie with tons of big names and it's about the guy from Unbreakable, Samuel Jackson's character from Unbreakable, and James McAvoy's character from Split all get sent to an insane asylum, uh, and and the, they're you know trying to prove to them that they don't have supernatural powers and those aren't real. And Samuel Jackson's character is super evil. The movie's called Glass because he's Mister Glass. Remember that? Yep, I do. It's um, pretty dumb. I didn't like it. The should we call it, like, that's the start of, I guess it's not the start of, it's like kind of the, the transition in his mind, I guess, to the, the Shyama, Shyamalanaverse. Right, yeah. So, the <laughs> sick, or sorry, Unbreakable, Split, and Glass are the the Shamaverse. The Shamaverse. Okay, I like that better, the Shamaverse. There you go. And then... I hope we get some more Shamaverse. Yeah, I hope so. Although, I would the say moment. that it's, it's peaks and valleys with this career so far. We're, we've entered <laughs> another valley. Uh... It was a pretty short peak there. Um, and th now we have this year, just this month, Old by M. Night Shyamalan. Again, written, directed, produced by him. And I like M. Night Shyamalan as a person. By all reports, he is a great, friendly guy and uh, wonderful to work with. Um, he's an extremely, uh, like easygoing and kind director apparently but then also like incredibly specific and so actors like you know like working with him because he uh he doesn't leave them in a lurch 
like some directors are just like yeah great and nor does he you know chase them around with a knife uh <laughs> like some other horror directors <laughs> you gotta you gotta put a little scare in him and you add that realism and i mean i i didn't have high hopes for this movie because the trailer seemed pretty wacky but i have to say just like i said i find it something to enjoy from all the movies even the ones i don't really like i did enjoy this movie um specifically i was never bored the movie moves very fast there's always something different happening every 10 seconds and so I, I found it pretty engaging although if you zoom in on the details of the plot it it's pretty stupid it's nonsensical again i don't want to be like the people who were shitting on signs or the village but there were things in this plot which just don't add up and then even when they explain them at the end it still doesn't add up yeah um no comment yet no comment yet all right, so this will be a pretty easy movie to recap because, because again, uh, it, it all happens pretty quickly. Yeah, but it goes on forever. Uh, we have our main characters. It's a couple, a married couple named Guy and Prista. Prista, sorry, Guy and Priska, a married couple with two kids. Their kids' names aren't important, but they they are Maddox and trent and i did not i don't i'm sure they said their names in the movie i never caught that the entire time i was watching it they're just the kids boy kid girl kid yep and i'm sorry were they supposed to be dutch was that that was that the deal i have no idea did the mom and dad have accents and then the kids don't which is almost you know if, if they grew up in america maybe that makes sense i guess yeah i feel like the i don't know i feel like the plan originally it feels like the plan was okay i know you guys have accents but just like lose the accents in the movie and then they just forgot <laughs> they just couldn't do it or they just couldn't do it or they forgot or something because it it really it really weirded me out from like like moment one so this family they're on a shuttle to an exotic resort somewhere perhaps in the caribbean filmed on location anyway and the dialogue of the car is extremely ham-fisted. The kids are like, are we there yet? When am I going to be old enough to, to, to drive a car? And the parents are like, oh, be careful what you wish for. You should enjoy living in the moment. It's good to be young. Yeah, it was a, it was a, little, it was a little direct. And then this is an M. Night Shyamalan calling card that none of the children talk at like children. They all talk like adults. And like they're reciting Snapple facts and just interested in things that children would not be. Also, and I mean this completely respectfully, was was the boy child, was he supposed to be autistic? So I, I didn't think that about him. I thought that about like the little boy who lives at the resort, that there was something weird going on with him. Oh, I thought about both of them because um, he kept asking people, what is your name and occupation? Right. So I'm a special educator. <laughs> right. And I, I you know, like, I'm not I'm saying this 100% respectfully. Um, in that it seems uh, very much like this kid was being presented to me as someone who does not understand, uh, like, like base social interaction at his own age level, but beyond the M. Night Shyamalan, we talk like adults. Yeah. I just wondered if you got anything else out of that. Well, they are pretty obnoxious kids and they do move around the resort asking everyone they find, what's your name and occupation? And I'm just like, I don't know, kid, I'm on vacation. Don't bother me. I really thought that was like going somewhere like that was going to be like some sort of like like weird plot point or like come up again and i just well it does come up in a stupid way at the very end 
That doesn't count. So the resort is amazing. Oh, and it's so cheap. Can you believe I found this place online? All the employees are dead-eyed, smiling weirdos. Oh, yeah, that was the explanation. Like, where where did you find this place? Oh, online. Online. That's like a that that's a that's a fairly odd parents joke on the internet. Yo, you know, just on the dark web. Their son meets another creepy little boy who also enjoys walking around people and asking them, you know, what oh, what's your social security number? Right. I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Is there something in the air that we're already experiencing that is like right. making these children into like accountant, like like forty five year old accountants trying to make conversation with you in an elevator? I don't, it's, it's, it's just M. Night Shyamalan writing kids. He cannot write a realistic child, even in Signs, which I like, even in The Sixth Sense, which I like. None of the kids sound like kids. They all sound like strange little adults. I guess so. You know, he got away with it in Signs because that kid was just baseline so serious and I bought it because of what was going on with him. But here it was just like, what is happening? Inside their uh, beautiful luxury hotel room, they find a pamphlet for a pharma pharmaceutical corporation. And the dad's like, oh, look at this pamphlet for a pharmaceutical corporation in our room. Maybe they're a sponsor. And that's all that's okay. said about this at the time. But again, very straight, unnecessary, even for what he's setting up. Why would that pamphlet be there, considering what's about to happen? Yeah, like... Once again, is someone getting off on trying to warn these people? And, or like, why are they trying to advertise to them if... Uh, whatever, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't understand it. You know, I know we, can't, we shouldn't spend too much time on this. Like, I understand that. But how do you not? It's like, nothing makes any sense. Like, did a human being write this script? Or was this like, I, am I trying to playing around with AI? Like, did an AI influenced by my Mr. Shaman write the script? I just don't think he doesn't take second passes at scripts. He writes it all in a day, and he's like, done. Print it. Uh, okay. I'll, t- I'll take it. I guess so. I t- it sounds, it's, it's literally like, you know, when you go on the, on the internet, it's like you, you Google, like, song made by AI, and it's like it's like desperately trying to play Smoke on the Water and, like, an NSYNC song at the same time, because it's just pulling from a popular song database. Right. Like, I felt like that's what was happening in the script. Later, they go to the beach. <laughs> As Adam said, the the son and the friend that he's made are now walking around the beach, bothering every stranger they find. What's your job? I'm a nurse. What's your job? I'm a psychologist. What's your job? I'm, I'm a cop. Uh, and, and again, there's no narrative purpose for them to be doing that until the end. <laughs> so wait for that. And uh, also, we get a shot where, you know, it's established that the daughter is an awkward tween, right? Like, she's not young enough to hang out with the little kids, but she's also not old enough to hang out with the, the older teenagers. It's an awkward time in your life. The children actors are bad. Both the young daughter and both the two little boys are not really bringing it. But again, I don't think that has ever bothered M. Night Shyamalan. I don't think he cares if a kid gives a bad performance. I definitely doesn't, and like he doesn't know how to write kids. So at the same time, you know, honestly, I I know the kids weren't. You know, it was clear that they were not uh, actors. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say they weren't actors, uh, but also they were probably handed the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, and their I, their, I can... their crazy yeah. striver parents read the script and was like, "Yeah, I think my child should be a part of this." <laughs> like, like I imagine that a child in this this is you know this is about. 
40, 42% joke. Um, a child handing M. Night some, like, suggested rewrites. So that night, we get the exposition. This is basically the family's last hurrah before Guy and Prisca are going to divorce. They're going to divorce and die of cancer or something, basically. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> I was deeply This confused. is our last family holiday before we get divorced and die. <laughs> yeah, like, there was cheating, and someone was dying, they were getting divorced, and then, wasn't there something else, like, some other, like, someone just being annoying? So, while this is happening, they're also like, but we, we agreed, you know, to, to do this so we don't have to fight in front of the kids, but then, like, we cut to the kids in the next room hearing the fight and reacting to it. Like, clearly, like, your children, are, you're, you're in a very small resort hotel, and you know your children are right next door through, like, a paper-thin wall. And then we also see that the little boy is decoding secret codes given to him from the other kid. Again, this will not come up again until the very end of the movie. <laughs> uh, it's just like the ham fisting continues. Uh, the next morning, very early as the sun comes up, we see two secondary characters getting naked to skinny dip on the beach. That's a setup for that will pay off soon. So don't worry about that one. <laughs> I love it. I love when movies set things up and then they pay off. It's almost like a movie. Then we get introduced to the other family that's here. This is uh, over the hill British Dr. Charles and his elderly mother and his much younger trophy wife, Crystal, and their little girl daughter, um, who is probably a little bit better of a child actor than the others, but not by much. Yeah, she, she, was a, she was noticeably better. Um, but then again, she didn't really do a whole lot. Um, what did you think? Uh, what did you think of? It's, you know, briefly, it's not that important. What, what did you think of the trophy wife character? Like, I know they, they were like hitting tropes really hard. Do you think it was like a missed opportunity to just like inject a little sort of like solar flavor with like not making it a hundred percent trope? Yeah, she was just a caricature. And oh, it's also established in this scene. That she has osteoporosis, and so she needs to take her... She needs a lot of milk or whatever. She's fighting with the waiter. She's like, is there going to be a lot of of calcium in this salad? And then she's also, like, kind of suggestively, like, leaning into the waiter in front of her husband. It was, it was really strange. I felt like uh, that was such a huge missed opportunity later in the movie to, like, set up some kind of empathy from us to her, even if she right. was, like, very snobbish and awful. Like, you know... Have her have like something redeeming. No, yeah, she's 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 a caricature throughout, and she only gets worse. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I kind of was like, you know, sort of that. That's one part that I got a little bored at the end when she, you know, when she becomes like a major sort of uh, almost like a set piece unto herself for a minute. Um, I was like, well, I don't have any empathy for this person, so I guess I'll just watch this. Then the concierge comes over to our main family here guy and prista and says like oh by the way if you guys haven't made plans for the day i could suggest that you go to our secret beach where there won't be lots of people and it's very beautiful and i only tell it to the vips and the family just shrugged their shoulders and says like whatever sure yeah i mean sure head on down to the secret beach you know seems good i didn't know we were vips and uh hey i found this uh, brochure for a pharmaceutical company yeah why is that in our hotel room Oh, no, uh, no, uh, no reason, uh, 
Um, in the meantime, right in front of them, a woman collapses and has a seizure, but it's okay because she gets saved by Dr. Charles. That's again, that's going to come up soon. Well, I, I kind of say like, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about all the times that he signposts, but actually like, I also kind of write this way in the extremely rare instances when I write anything, like I do try to set up a bunch of stuff in the very first mm-hmm. act and then have all of it come back throughout the rest of the story. And that's something that would, that's an M night Shyamalan calling card too. like establish this, establish that, establish that. And it's all going to come back. I, th- I think there's nothing wrong with that, but like you can do, you can have like a, a nice level of subtlety where you can just like kind of waft it under someone's nose right, and like have them recognize that it's there without slapping them in the face. Yeah. And he, he also probably just does too much of it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit too much. Uh, it's a little disorienting. All the stuff you have to remember because it's about to come up again. Then the the hotel shuttle driver is taking them to the secret beach. It's like, oh, I thought this is VIPs only. Here's a second family, whatever. Uh, it's M. Night Shyamalan driving the bus. Another of his calling cards is that he cameos in the movie at some point. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for it uh, up to that point. And then I was, I was surprised when it was so fast. He gives them a ton of free food and drinks, so much so that Guy asks him, like, I mean, we really need all this food. We're only going to be there for a couple hours. He's like, yeah, but you got kids. I don't know. Don't ask a lot of questions. <laughs> Is that a pharmaceutical company brochure sticking out of your oh, pocket? No. Is that something else? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I work for the uh, the secret laboratory underneath the resort. I, I, I don't know about any pharmaceutical company. The beach is very nice and beautiful. It's a pretty good on-location set. And the entire beach is surrounded by a very high cliffside uh, in every direction. And it's uh, it's nice. Um, trophy it's wife, beach. Crystal, immediately starts Instagramming. Their family brought a dog with them as well. The main character family are having fun. Um, Prista, this was strange. Prista asks, what book am I reading? And he's yeah, like, okay. I don't know. And then I kept waiting for that to come back. What was and that? it never did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, wait, 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 I was so lost. What was that? I hoped you knew what that was. And then immediately after, he's like, can I tell you something? Sure. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and wait. When, no, when you find out what was on his mind, the idea of him just saying it right then and there would have been so bizarre. <laughs> It was, it was just like the weirdest thing. I thought that was going to be something really cool. Yeah. Um, I was like, because you know what? That's that is interesting. You know, we, we we talked a second ago about how he's always setting stuff up, right? Yeah. Well, I was waiting for like a for like at least one like kind of like good magic setup where I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I really had hoped that was it. Right. I thought the book was going to come back later. Like they were going to look in the book and it was going to cause them to have like a eureka moment. Like, oh, here on this page of the Count of Monte Cristo is a good idea for how we should get out of here. Like, <laughs> right. You're like, I don't know. Where where else could you go with that? What am I reading? Uh, maybe the guy's got, you know, the guy's got some. I thought it was like, okay, some sort of weird, like another ham fisted attempt at like hinting at this guy's got some sort of weird, like psychic powers or something. Very strange. Um, next, we the, the the daughter gets excited because uh, one of the persons sitting alone on the beach, uh, the guy from the earlier scene, skinny dipping, it's famous rapper, mid-sized sedan. 
I lost it, dude. I lost it. I was I was laughing out loud at that. Um, yeah, I don't think you. it hit me the way that M. Night, Mr. Knight wanted it to, but uh, it hit. Yeah, I mean, rap culture and hip-hop jokes are like a new thing for him. There's some of that in Split. There's some of that in The Visit. I guess that's a, a new calling card that he has established uh, post-Renaissance. But, I mean, things start to move very quickly. So the main family's two kids and the doctor's family, uh, his daughter, are playing together. And, like, almost immediately they find the corpse of the skinny dipper, um, as well as several strange objects buried in the sand. So everybody crowds around uh, the dead body, which they've found. Mid-sized sedan explains that this is a girl that he has met at the resort and they've been hooking up. And they just went for a swim, and she disappeared. And it sounds a little suspicious. And as he's saying it, his nose is bleeding, which is weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's kind of weird. Like, obviously, like, you're not going to introduce a character, then two seconds later, they were a murderer, right? Unless this is, like, the start to the real, like, horror jump off. So yeah. it felt a little bit weird, a little bit flat as an introduction. But that's okay. I actually, I didn't mind that. This kind of, like, and, as the also, jump start to adventure. Their reactions were pretty muted, too. They're like, oh, no, yeah. a dead body. Whereas, like, I would be flipping shit. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the kids would be screaming and crying. Inexplicable dead body on the beach right here in front of my kids. Like, which, is, which again, you could have absolutely played that off as, like, you know, something, um, something that makes sense, uh, depending on what's going on at the beach. Like, so it felt, again, like a weird missed opportunity. I was still being like, okay, maybe this is part of the movie. Right. But things are moving very quickly now. Uh, Charles's elderly mom has collapsed. She's having chest pains. Trent, the little boy, his his swimsuit's getting too tight. And, and I don't know why that's coming up now during these action beats, why that couldn't happen before. But anyway, um, Guy takes mid-sized sedan uh, aside. And he's saying to him, like, oh, I understand, you know, uh, 25% of people who go on vacation end up drowning or something like that. And Midside Sedan's like, wow, you know a lot of stats. And Guy says, well, it's because I am a professional actuary and it's my job to manage and understand risk. And again, this is an M. Night Shyamalan calling card. People are just their jobs. <laughs> Whatever your job is yep. informs uh, your entire personality and everything that you think and say. Because oh, for him, true. life is just a busy town book. And it's like, oh, it's the actuary. <laughs> it's the nurse. It's the psychologist. Which is, okay, that's fair. It's fair to say. Although I would say, can we give credit right now to both the actor playing mid-sized sedan um, and that his character somehow felt slightly more nuanced. Right. Like, literally everyone else. Yeah, he's easily giving, I would say him and Charles are giving the best performances. Everyone else is acting strangely. And I don't mean that in the sense of their character. I mean, they're they're giving weird performances, every single person. Yeah, I, I also sort of like, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean to any actors, but I, I don't think they're going to, you know, uh, uh, interact with this, maybe, uh, probably not. So, uh, I don't, they didn't seem like they'd been in front of the camera many times. Yeah, not maybe that, not. Not that I have, but it <laughs> felt like, uh, you know, I've been on stage a few times, and you get used to it, and you calm down, and felt very, like, first performance -y. I didn't look into them up, though, so I, I can't confirm that. 
at this point, uh, another couple arrives. It's the woman who had a stroke earlier or a seizure earlier. It's uh, Patricia, the psychologist, and her partner, Jaren, the nurse. I am now going to be doing the busy town stuff just because it helps me <laughs> differentiate who everyone is. Yeah, it's, it's like get get to know them like with the little, you know, like you pull the string and then the, the puppet says, I'm blank <laughs> blank. This is what I do. By the way, there's no cell reception at the beach. Um, Charles, Dr. Charles' mom is getting worse. Darren, the nurse, tries to escape. He tries to go back up through the cliffside, a little canyon between the cliffs, and he passes out and stumbles back in. And I actually like the way that that's presented. Whenever anyone tries to walk out, it just, like, smash cuts to them, like, face up on the beach. Pretty much. Uh... Didn't really uh, get it, but that's okay. Because later on, you know, they do. He does do an explain, of course, kind of. That's I'm gonna say lightly satisfying. So, Doctor Charles is trying to save his mom, and she just says, "Like, take care of them, Charles. Take care of them," and 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 passes out again. And then Prisca comes over and says, "You really need to help. Something weird is happening to my kids." And like Charles looks away from his mom for a second, and she's dead. Oh, no. Cut to, and this, this is pretty funny now, the kids are now asking the new arrivals about their names and occupations, but now, like, they're, te- they're like, five or six years older. Yeah, that was, okay, this was kind of, I actually really enjoyed this. I thought that not giving, like, a, a subtlety to that was really cool. Yes. It was just sort of like, this is happening now. And I like the way the other characters figured it out, where Jaren, the nurse, is like, well, I'm a nurse, I'm pretty good at predicting ages, I would say you're probably 11, and you must be 16. And they're like, well, no, we're we're 6 and 10. Uh, Mom is totally shocked to see that the kids have, like, aged up, and uh, Charles is kind of stupefied. Mid-sized sedan panics and tries to run out uh, through the path, and Charles follows him, and they both get spat out. Like, that's what it looks like. Like, they just get spat out back onto the beach. Sorry. Oh, my God. They, the kids. One thing I don't know, and, they, you know, this is something interesting. We can go we can go into it more in a minute, I guess. But, like, the rules of this universe, I feel like, are, are very strangely explained. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Like, Nothing... kids, no yeah. growth pains. You just, like, expand. I, I mean, I have a lot of issues with the logic of this. And, again, not to be a nitpicker. I don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick these nits if they weren't extremely important plot details that the movie yeah. goes to great lengths to explain. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't... <laughs> you don't have to explain it, but if you do, please do a good job. Okay, Prisca suggests that they all try to find alternate routes and all try to escape at the same time and see if they can find one that works. Again, I love this smash cut to them all being spat back out on the beach. That didn't work. I think that was a really clever way to show that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I thought that was pretty cool. That there is some really neat um there are some neat ideas for like for transitions, cutscenes, like I agree with you hundred percent. Pretty cool. Guy and Prisca are trying to talk this out. They decide the best route is to like basically elect Charles leader, because uh, as a doctor he might know the best way to help their kids. At this point, Dr. Charles like randomly slashes mid sized sedan in the face with a knife and uh as Sedan is freaking out, all the other characters come around to see what's going on, but when he takes his hand down, he's instantly healed. Yeah. Uh, I was just weirded out. I was like, okay. Um, I was just, My mind was trying to connect dots at that point. I don't know, were you still trying, were you in like connect dots mode? Like trying to figure out what's going on? I mean, I thought I knew what was going on uh, to some extent, but 
you know, I, I thought getting older, right? That's one hundred percent confirmed at this point. But it's not just that is like, time passes faster, right? It's not it's not just getting older because uh, since he's instant healing, it just means that the passage of time is much quicker. Right, but the, the thing was okay. So the dad was not aging at this point, and I understand that like children age obviously much more dramatically than adults, but there's like literally zero happening. And it had been, what, like six years? Seven right, years and then meanwhile, mid-sized sedan is, like, quite young, and he's been here since sunup. Yeah, that's why I was kind of, like, I was confused. I think at this point I paused the movie, and I was, like, trying to, like, just take a second and, like, work out what was happening. Because I was starting to get confused. Yeah, the rules are wildly inconsistent. Dr. Charles finally says the obvious. He's like, well, I think they, they're aging. And then he says something really stupid. He's like, maybe the mosquitoes gave us some kind of virus. Yeah, an aging virus. <laughs> then the dog, the dog drops dead. Yep. Uh, kind of a quiet moment here. The now teenage uh, daughter Maddox is talking to Ms. Sizedan. She says she babbles some crazy bullshit about colors, which I did not understand. No, yeah, I had no idea. I, it was just, <laughs> I just chalked it up to complete nonsense. I'm like, let's move on. And they decide right to. Right. They decide to hold a whole group meeting. They're trying to establish a pattern, maybe I think, of of what why what they have in common. Uh, first thing, Charles and Crystal are also having marital problems. Okay, same as Guy and Prisca. Can I just say Crystal and Prisca are two similar names for two characters that are so important to the script. I honestly, I was confused and thought Prisca's name was Crystal for a while. <laughs> not not a joke. I thought her name was Fresca. <laughs> hundred percent. Uh, it didn't also, matter. It was just like adult female. This conversation gets cut short because Prisca, who has a benign stomach tumor, it's now growing rapidly, so rapidly that it can be seen under her skin. And and again, I'm confused here. Okay, so the passage of time causes the tumor to grow really, really big, which causes Prisca to pass out. But I'm like, is this really how a tumor would behave over the course of several years in the real world? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not a doctor. You know, there's a qualified doctor on the beach, and I think we should, we should just, you know, listen to him. You know, I, I don't know. Doctor Charles suggests that they can operate. Um, <sighs> of course. Luckily, they, I guess they just have everything they need here to operate. But he's like, he is starting to like get stressed out a little bit, you know, this sweat on his brow. And then he, this, I loved this part. He just starts randomly talking about a movie that he once saw, but can't remember the name of. And it starred both Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson. And as soon as he gets on this <laughs> uh, conversation, his wife, uh, trophy wife, Crystal is like, oh, God, no. Which is <laughs> like an indication that like, this is a tear that he's gone on many times. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to point out, you know, we we kind of figure out at this point, like, what's going on with him mentally, like, a little bit pretty soon, right? Yeah. Um, He would have been off his meds for, what, seven to nine years at this point? <laughs> right. In terms well, of, like, how his body is processing, like, if tumors are growing, chemicals are processing out of your brain. And I thought, at first, I thought he just had generalized... uh um. Uh, what's the term? Uh, senility. I thought oh, he was just going yeah, yeah, like senile. Dementia. Yeah, yeah, Because that would have made more sense than what we actually right. find out. <laughs> um, 
So he makes an incision, but again, instantly heals. Uh, and he now he really he just wants to talk about this movie. He's like, well, do you know anything about movies to Jaren? And Jaren's just like, I love that no one reacts when he's talking about this. They just move on. <laughs> and I don't know, perhaps Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson were in a film together. Uh, I, I'm not aware that they ever were. <laughs> yeah, I don't I do not believe. Uh, I guess that was technically possible, but I, I don't think that happened. In a pretty gross sequence, and again, thank you, M. Night Shyamalan, for not showing this all, but, like, they're gonna hold her wound open with their hands while Charles cuts out the tumor, and and they do, and they don't show that explicitly, they, don't show, they do show the giant tumor coming out, and I love this, they pull out this enormous, like, ba- like basketball-sized tumor from her abdomen, and then a second later, she wakes up and is fine. <laughs> Well, it makes sense in the time time continuum, right? You right. Know? Uh, assuming that she didn't immediately go septic over 15 seconds and die from having five people's hands in her. <laughs> right. Yeah. How fast does sepsis grow now? Uh, yeah, we're, we're in like doing eight, eight to 12 seconds. So uh, with that drama over. Mid-sized sedan checks on his date's body. It is now a skeleton, a process which would take several years. Um, And so they all kind of agree, finally, that there must be some kind of bizarre time dilation happening at this beach. Maybe it has something to do with the minerals and the cliffs. Who knows? Who cares? But perhaps that is what's going on. Time is moving faster on this beach. And at this point, I I thought... I thought, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. It would make much more sense if it were some strange illness. Because, again, Mid-Sized Sedan has been here for hours before they got here. Uh, Was he a baby? (laughs) Did he start his morning as a baby? Uh, if If it's a time dilation and not something which is just happening to them personally, right? Why hasn't all their food, why didn't all their food rot away instantly? I don't know about you, Adam, but if you have a favorite pair of pants that you wear every day for a month, they will rip and tear quite soon, right? Why aren't their clothes tearing away to tatters? Why didn't well, I the... guess it was that it's only living cells, but then the dead body is rotting, right? So Right. Uh, the dead body's rotting and, and the stuff, their metal stuff is rusting, right? Right. But like um, the beach itself is not eroding. There would be no beach true. there. Right, right, right. It would have all fallen off into the sea. Uh, um why did their phone batteries not instantly die? Mine only lasts about 12 hours, so you'd think you'd bring your phone onto that beach dead instantly. <laughs> Samsung is putting out some great products these days. Uh, this is just the stuff that came to me immediately as they decided this. Every time you started a fire on the beach, pff, gone. <laughs> it would just burn yeah. out immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing. Um, anyway, yeah, that's the explanation. No Time dilation. set. Right? Like, there's no defined set of rules. Um, the only thing I can think of is that it's no, the only thing that logic. makes sense is that this is the mummy's curse. Nothing else makes any sense. Like, right. Like it is purely magic, which is a problem because then you're in Star Trek, you know, where it, like literally anything you want to happen, it's just like, okay, well, um, reset the, the backup spatial emitter and we're good to go. But you can't get away with that in, in a 90-minute in a movie. Like so cut, no cut to Trent and Dr. Charles' daughter 
they're comforting one another in a tent, but they've grown. There's been another growth spurt, and now they're horny teenagers. Uh, meanwhile, all the adults are still trying to figure out what's happening. Again, they're just coming up with bullshit explanations. Maybe it's the cliffs. How would that James, work? Uh, I don't know. Do you remember the first time you had sex for uh, six and a half years? Straight. <laughs> right. Very comfortable. The nurse recommends that they try to walk out just but like super slowly this time. <laughs> it's like great suggestion, Jerry. <laughs> um, Don't, she's a nurse, you know? Trent and uh, I should get her name here. Um, Kara, the other daughter, walk over to the group. They're now older teenagers. Kara's extremely pregnant. Again, they're eating the food. The food is fine. Um, not affected by the mummy's curse. And the, um, <laughs> they, uh, everyone's freaking the fuck out. Again, everyone's, like, horrified and disturbed. And it is extremely disturbing. I was disturbed. <laughs> but then the tension, again, this, like, showing a little bit of talent here. M. Night Shyamalan is, Dr. Charles is like, okay, but, but, uh, but, but, but Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando, though. <laughs> <laughs> So nine months, nine months on the beach is like 15 minutes. So she's going to have the baby really soon. And she starts to go into labor and her mom, trophy wife, Crystal, tries to run off the beach. And before she can even really finish turning around, the baby is out. Um, And then this is where uh, I got furious, James. Why is that? Incredible opportunity. Absolutely incredible opportunity. Wasted. Oh, I agree. Oh, no, no. no, I agree with you. So they have the baby uh, out after labor. They put her down for a second to, to attend to Kara. Baby instant, insta-killed by putting it down. Uh, the baby dies of lack of attention, which I have heard about before. So that is a thing that can happen, I guess. So putting it down for even 10 seconds, killed it that way. Uh, everyone, at, in all the characters and everyone watching the movie are extremely disturbed by what they've seen. But again, Charles is like, if I could just remember the name of this movie. but this one oh my i was just so mad i was about ready to turn the movie off because that's the most interesting thing that's happened yes he instantly killed off the most interesting thing i wanted that kid to start growing up yes and be be like a caveman (laughs) yeah like in like or like completely insane time dilation monster right (laughs) it's just like what would that be like? You know, like that was the most interesting question posed by this film period. And M. Night Shyamalan literally just like dispatched it randomly. It was like, nah, that's actually not. Open. Yeah, no one cares. I was so mad. I was so mad. Daughter Maddox tries to comfort Crystal about what just happened. But they're interrupted when Dr. Charles murders Ms. Size Sedan, just kills him. Uh by stabbing him too many times, I guess. I don't know. I, I, th- I think that would be a pretty hard way to kill someone on this beach. But anyway, stabs him. He's dead. Inside Sedan is, that is. And uh, we also see that a mysterious figure is watching them from a very great distance on top of the cliffs with binoculars. Once again, really mad because uh, one of the few actors in this film who is like car- hard carrying the acting is now dead. Right, and he got he got zero character development. Oh, he was hemophiliac. That came up. That was it. Yep, which uh, apparently doesn't really matter. Like, it would have been cool if that was the reason why he died, but he just got stabbed a bunch, and 
It wasn't right. excessive blood or anything. He just died. That's why his nose is bleeding in that one scene. Oh, the setup and the payoff. <laughs> oh, After that, so good. Charles goes like completely catatonic, so they disarm him. And then Nurse Guy decides he's going to swim for it. And he will try to swim off the beach into a separate beach. And and he tells Guy, like, well, I'm gone. you got to keep an eye on Charles because he's lost it. And Charles is now much calmer, but, like, still talking about that movie he can't remember the name of, starring Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando. Um, and they start to talk some more. They put it together. Okay, all of us have some, or most of us, many of us have some kind of medical condition. And... Oh, what, it turns out we all, we're all contest winners. We won the chance to go to this resort randomly. I got, I, I won it from going to my pharmacy. So like the the resort sought them out immediately, just like contradicting what was said at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> like that to me was a mistake. Either one of those lines had to be caught out that they were contest winners or that mom found it online. Why did both of those explanations make it into the final cut? Like, <laughs> what? Why? Why did, did they even need to discuss it? Like, I felt like I was being reminded about something that I just don't care about at this point. Like, just continue with the point of your movie. Like, roll, the, roll forward. Yeah. The daughter confronts her mother about the divorce they were going to have and about her infidelity, which we didn't know about, but the <sighs> daughter did. And I, and my only thought now was like. Is this really still important, <laughs> considering what's happening to you all? Yeah, this, okay, so this is why I had a huge problem with the pacing, and why I started to be like, what am I watching? Like, we, we kind of discussed that for like 10 seconds before we, we started uh, sort of rolling today. It's like, I have a hard time recalling, at many points, what was going on in the movie, be, like, like, specifically, because I didn't, there was no continuity. Between things, it's like, let's randomly discuss problems you're having in our life. It, oh, oh, my we brain. We just watched it just a, a man it just hurts. murder another man. Mom, yeah, you're cheating like, on dad. Like, <laughs> is, that, is that what's important now? It's like, is this a Christmas movie teaching us like the importance of family and love, even when people are being murdered around you? So, Prista says that, you know, she had her affair because having the tumor made her reevaluate her priorities. Also, her job as a museum curator makes her hyper-aware of her own mortality, right? It's again, more yeah, character <laughs> character traits, you're just your job, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've run that line before. You know, I've run that line. You know, museum curator, just, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep it in my pants, you know? I'm just constantly reminded by looking at these mummies. It's like, honey, <laughs> you know I'm a museum curator. You knew that when I married you. <laughs> what did you expect the, the daughter walks into the sea I guess to find a moment of peace oh, and, but she finds Jaren the nurse's corpse there he died trying to swim away very spooky uh, Kara, Charles's daughter tries to climb for it and they're all cheering her on but she passes out and falls like a hundred feet to her death um, Trent the that sun was a satisfying splat right <laughs> Trent the son is very heartbroken because that was his 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 dead baby mama. <laughs> oh god. And at this yeah, point I was so I was thinking like I wouldn't even be trying to escape anymore. I would just be completely resigned to my fate. If if I could come to some understanding that swimming away kills you, I would just do that. Yeah, but there's no way you're getting out of this, right? 
like a hundred percent. So yeah, just like as quickly as possible, just get in that water, you know, roll on out. Um, You're gonna pass out and just fall beneath the waves, right? It seems way better. Right. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> uh, Patricia, the psychologist, wants to also try to swim for it, but before she does, she has like ten seizures in a row and dies horribly. Very grim. Uh, this death. Yeah, uh, that was a little little wacky. I don't know. What did you think of that, James? Because I, I had like, wait, why? Like she maybe she had to die at that point just to like simplify down, but like it was kind of like I didn't get that death. What do you think? Oh, oh, oh so it's well, it it pays off at the end, but I did kind of think like, oh, okay, so this is her this is her aneurysms like catching up to her all at once, like uh, why why didn't oh, you're I, right? I, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you'd think like, oh, why? Well, why didn't? she have any seizures up until now oh we get it we get a pretty decent explanation for that um the context in which that explanation uh exists doesn't make any sense but the explanation itself does meanwhile guy his eyes just completely give out which happens to most people as you age you need to wear glasses um krista goes deaf in one ear and crystal the trophy wife is now like her spine is beginning to bend due to osteoporosis it turns out her osteoporosis wasn't that bad. Uh, she's now lasted about 20 years with zero calcium intake. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, it did, it, you know, it finally rolled up and just all of a sudden just... Guy confesses to Prista that he knew she was having an affair and they talk <sighs> it out and they seem to reconcile. Which, again, I... was like, you're you're slowing down the acceleration of this movie. I am so confused as to why you're doing that. Right, and when you're when you're in constant mortal peril, you're probably not thinking about <laughs> the, the 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 petty dramas of your life. Yeah, uh, your your kid, your children are now adults. You have perhaps an hour to live. Uh, there's been multiple murders, uh, essentially a suicide. Like, yeah, just doesn't seem that important, you know. I, and. I'm not making fun of, you know, I'm not trying to like poke fun at the characters. I'm saying from from a movie making standpoint, if your character shouldn't care, your audience probably doesn't care. The siblings find a notebook left behind by previous victims of the beach in which the writer makes the hypothesis that there's something about the Earth's magnetic pole in this spot, which is causing this time dilation. And they also find uh, the names and addresses of the people who died alongside the author. Um, at which point Charles, having gone completely insane, attacks a almost nearly blind guy, and uh, Prista runs off to protect the children. Which I thought, like, what? But he's the one being attacked. <laughs> right, there's there's one nemesis. I think she just didn't like him that much, honestly. And she goes off to tell the children. Yet. She tells the children to go and hide. But I was like. Charles is now like pushing eighty. They could probably easily overpower him. <laughs> yeah, it's like a forty-year-old dude versus an eighty-year-old dude. Like, you know, your your children are not children. Like, I understand, but you know, I guess it, okay. You know, I take it back. A mom would still think that they're her kids, right? I get it. I get it. I get a chime on. They hide in the cave where we get like the one true horror sequence. Uh, Crystal, the trophy wife. Having dealt with everything that happened, 
seeing her daughter die, goes completely insane. And she wants them to get out of this hiding spot, which she's chosen to just like live in there like a troll. And she attacks them. But because of her brittle bones, she keeps breaking bones and then they heal back the wrong way. And she turns into a horrible contorted monster and like gasps to death in front of them, which was, you know, pretty, pretty unsettling. I thought that was kind of scary scene. Good work, M. Night. You did it. You scared me. I honestly was pretty horrified during that scene. 100%. I thought that was like, if that was the movie, it's a great movie. Um, It brought back a little bit of the Sixth Sense vibe. Yeah. Um, of being actually horrifying in a way that I had never considered before. Like, surprisingly horrifying. Yeah, and, like, also kind of well shot, because, like, they're lighting matches to see her, and so it's, a, you know, it's like Doom 4, it's like the lights go out, horrible monster, lights go out, horrible monster. Yeah, it was great. Um, I absolutely adored it. It was like, that was a, absolutely a partial redemption for me. Um, not of the movie, but <laughs> I'm just like, like, okay, this guy can still direct some horror. The mom, Prista, runs over and slashes Charles with a rusty knife, which somehow, like, insta-kills him. I don't understand why that happened, but uh, I, whatever. I, I accept it. You're just old, I guess. Just like, well, ru- you know, rust is, rust is like a poison or something? I don't know. If uh, rust you know, gets if... in your blood, you get tetanus? I, I'm not sure. I guess that, like, an overabundance of immense amount of iron in your blood or something i don't know i don't think rust poisoning is gonna it's gonna do it uh from like a rusty knife otherwise you know human history would be a lot less complicated oh i got hit with a rusty blade i guess i'm dead right well when i was a kid i stepped on a nail and i had to get a tetanus shot but i don't think there's any discussion of that i might die <laughs> well okay but like when you get what is tetanus that's like a disease right like that's yeah. not like rust poisoning i don't know Anyway, he's dead now. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, your blood your blood is red because there is oxidated iron in it. Right. Yeah, I really don't know. Perhaps M. Night Shyamalan can, you know, consulted a scientist and they were like, yeah, if someone kept stabbing you with a rusty knife for 10 years, it would kill you. <laughs> for 10 years. Uh, okay. okay. So it's just the main character family left on the beach now. Um, you know, it's very clear the movie will be ending soon, uh, but somehow there's still 30 minutes left. The children are tending to their very old and ailing parents. Guy, now with dementia, forgets why they're even trying to leave such a pretty place and dies happily. Mother mourns for him and, and dies shortly after. This was, you know, I thought this was an emotionally affecting scene. I think in in any other movie that it might have been, I I was just too far gone at this point, but I see what you mean. The next day, the siblings now in their middle age have resigned themselves to their fate. Like, why fight it? Let's just enjoy ourselves and build a sandcastle with what little time that we have left. Let's, Let's be happy as a family. And I was like, wow, okay, that's the point of the movie. It's it's a little ham-fisted, but yes, it's 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 sad and poignant. Uh, you know, uh, 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 c'est la vie. Such is life, right? We 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 must die. There's no avoiding that. Uh, let's let's recognize that fact. Submit ourselves to our uh, inevitable fate and do our best to enjoy the time that we've got, right? And I was like, I was a hundred percent ready for that. Yeah, and if if they die building this sandcastle, you nailed it, M Night. Great work. Yeah, roll credits. 
But no. Uh, mm-hmm. Trent, I don't know, checks his back pocket. He's like, look, I've got one more secret code from my creepy friend at the resort. He, de- he decodes it and it says, my uncle doesn't like the coral. <gasps> and and uh, which leads them to understand th- this must hold some answer to the mystery. And oh, out in the water, there's some coral. Maybe if we swim into the coral, this will create some kind of escape for us. And again, just like leaps of logic. My uncle doesn't like the coral. Okay, so perhaps if we swim under the coral, we can escape the beach. Let's keep in mind that this was the kid that was walking around a resort for nigh on probably three to five hours, randomly asking people what their occupation was. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's the, I mean, I, we just settled on just enjoying the time we have left as a family. Roll yeah. the goddamn credits. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just set up a good ending. A good ending which would really require no further explanation. But, no. It keeps going. <laughs> it even ended strong. Some real horror, an emotionally touching scene, the point of the movie that, like, bookends the starting scene of the movie. Oh, God. What if we, what if we just watched it again and we just turned it off? Turn, just it, turn off. it off right there, <laughs> like like fan cut of the movie, just like done. Well, and, and I was going to save this for the end, but we can get into it now. I feel like M Night Shyamalan feels obligated to try to fit in some kind of wacky twist at the end of his movies when he isn't. Nobody's forcing. I know people probably have that expectation, and maybe he feels that very strongly. But yeah, I think he holds himself to that a little too much, right? Like he could, he doesn't have to 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 do the the wacky twist. I know it's his signature, but I think hinging so much of the plot on the wacky twist of this movie really damaged it. And also, now you leave the theater thinking, like, wait, does any of that make sense? Yeah, you know what the wacky twist is? That it's an M Night Shyamalan movie with no extra twist. <laughs> That's what the so, wacky twist is. Right. Oh, it should have been. Exactly. Instead. Uh, so they swim for it. They swim under the coral. There's like a passage of coral which they can swim through. Uh, but the daughter's camisole gets stuck on the coral and the bro turns back to save her and then cut to uh, M. Night Shyamalan himself, the man himself, his character, the shuttle driver, watching them with binoculars. And he gets on the walkie-talkie and reports to his boss like, yeah. They're all dead. They tried to go through the coral, but it's cool. They died anyway. Uh, I'll now report back to headquarters with my results. Uh, So this is some kind of bizarre experiment. He also mentions that in the past, someone else tried to go through the coral, but also drowned. Yep, and it's crazy that people just keep figuring out that they swim through the coral to escape (laughs) the beach. Maybe there's an information leak. I wonder who it could be, sir. Sir, it's your son. Or your nephew, I'm saying. He travels to a large laboratory some miles away. They're researching uh, degenerative diseases. Uh, the concierge of the hotel is there, and he announces that the the research they just conducted on that group of victims has yielded a cure for epilepsy, right? So the cocktails they give you when you step off of the shuttle to arrive actually have, I don't know, gene therapy or something? Well, it's Some amazing. Kind of you only need drugs. one dose of anything over 16 years. <laughs> right. Or 25 years. 
uh, and and the psychology lady was given meds for her seizures, and it kept her from having another seizure for half a day on the beach, which is equivalent to 16 years of time that would have passed in real life. And so he also says, like, let's have a moment of silence for the people we just murdered. Like, their sacrifice will further our research towards saving so many more. And I was just like, so, okay, then the kids are just collateral damage in all this. (laughs) Right. There was no point in murdering the kids other than, I guess, what, silencing them, maybe? Yeah, because you can't have you can't have survivors, right? Where are my parents? That leads to what? questions. Questions about See, the plot. What? What about the people who get to the resort and the Instagram having a lovely time at the resort, going to the secret beach tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, sorry, no. It's uh, it's actually they they intercept all the cell phone messages. Uh, right. Clearly, <laughs> they scrub your your social media. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, so, they're a pharmaceutical company. That that here, guys, is the plot. The pharmaceutical company coincidentally discovered a magic time dilation beach and being opportunistic decided to use it to conduct pharmaceutical studies, which normally take, uh, I don't know, a couple months (laughs) to yield results. Instead, they can get them in a day and all they have to do is kill innocent people. You literally could have fixed almost 100% of your plot problems. Um, by simply saying that they also injected them with the coral, which makes them be affected by the time dilation. Well, having any kind of scientific explanation for any of this makes no sense. Here's my (laughs) ending. Instead, you get rid of all this pharmaceutical shit because it makes no sense. Uh, The little boy back at the resort is some kind of Polyponesian demon, and, and he gives all of his servants immortality. And all they have to do is keep feeding victims to the beach. I like it. I'd see that movie. <laughs> it would make more sense than this. Um, it, uh, it absolutely would make more sense than that. And would be a really cool way to tie in some stuff. And I think you could even go a little overboard with like the secret note. Maybe even being so oh, that. Oh, see, now you got me off on this tangent. We should have a whole second <laughs> episode of just rewriting this movie about Polynesian demons. So. Uh, that character, the little boy who was Trent's friend, gets reminded by the concierge not to make friends with the children who they have marked for death, please. You're just going to make yourself feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Uncle. Um, You're right. I feel bad because I'm friends with the kids that you're telling me you're murdering. That's why I feel bad. Siblings, though. Oh my gosh. The siblings arrive back at the resort. And they turn over that journal which they found with other victims' names in it to uh, a cop who they met yesterday who they know is a cop because they were asking everyone their profession. See? Bum, bum, bum. It's all coming back together. I get it now. Ugh, saved. It's like watching the Bob Ross painting, you know, when he's he just flecks the color everywhere and you're like, there's no way this is going to be a good painting. He scrapes it down. Saved. Just as new victims are arriving, the siblings loudly warn everyone, well, this is a sham. They're going to take you to the secret beach and age you 50 years in six hours. I was a little boy yesterday. Uh, As they're doing this kind of stuff, chaos ensues. The cop is like, I don't know, on, you know, copbook.com and searching the victims' names. And he's like, aha, they're all missing person cases. Uh, 
there's there's something to this, right? Um, the jig is up anyway. And it dawns on some of the staff who who are apparently not in on the conspiracy what's been happening. And the little boy realizes, like, oh, that's my friend from yesterday. It's nutty how if if that's your plan, and this is something I actually liked. This is the type of plan that a six-year-old child would execute <laughs> right. in their brain. Like you're a six-year-old in your brain, you like you're like, we're gonna go present the evidence to a police officer, and they're gonna fix this on the spot. Like I liked that. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but like that is exactly what a six-year-old would do. Right. And are you telling me that a billion-dollar pharmacorp? Uh, company which has accepted as the price of doing business that we are feeding people to an evil magic beach would not also just like very quickly hire mercenary soldiers to kill everyone who heard the truth you know it literally just put a bullet in their head and move on with your lives i imagine that's the inevitability right right yeah But, like, I liked that, you know, that's like a six-year-old would think to, like, go, well, no, we need to get back to the resort and find that police officer. Like, I believe it. That was actually cool. We see the resolution of the coral scene. Yeah, her camisole got caught, but they did, They just didn't drown. They, they just didn't drown. Completely unnecessary. <laughs> you thought they Once drowned, again, but they could have just had them drown. Yeah. Uh, once they passed the last of the coral... They start to see some tropical fish, which indicates to them that they have escaped whatever dead zone surrounds the beach. Dissolve two later, we see the li- siblings are leaving the island on a helicopter with the cops. And uh, there's a funny conversation. It's like, well, did you talk to your aunt? She's like, yeah, she thinks it's pretty weird that we're adults now and our parents are dead. And the cops are like, don't worry. The people behind this are going to face justice. And it's like, Go ahead and try to prove any of this in a court of law. What are you going to do? You're going to send the prosecution going to have investigators go to the beach? They'll die. Yeah, no, they're going to face justice. Okay, <laughs> this is just another step for the Shamaverse. Yeah, they're going to send them to the insane asylum with Samuel Jackson and James yep. McAvoy. And that's where they're going to they're, they're going to find gonna, justice. Send the beach. They're going to send a bucket of this beach sand <laughs> to jail. Like, obviously. And that's the end of the movie. They're truly, like, trying to put some kind of scientific explanation on the beach just makes no sense. Okay, the pharmacy thing. Like, yes, it's harebrained. Yes, it's stupid. But I guess, okay, that's the explanation you're going with to have a big twist. There was some setup for that in the end. It's just, I don't know, man. And I'm not trying to, again, I don't like the people who nitpick the movies of his, which I do like. But just this story was so wacky and dumb. Like, yeah, we're making cures for Alzheimer's by putting people on a magic time beach. I think the reason that you're like 100% justified in just full-blown criticizing the hell out of this movie is because none of the stuff you're criticizing was in any way necessary to the movie. Like, at no, all. Like, not it was at all. literally just him making mistakes. Like again and again and again. You could have you could have ended the movie with them building the sandcastle and that would turning into skeletons and falling down. Right, end of movie. There, yep. no further explanation needed. We can try to put together the shit in our heads. That's how like an A twenty four movie would have played it. Let you maybe try to decide like, oh well, there was that pharmaceutical pamphlet in the hotel. Maybe that has something to do with it. Anyway, um, 
But no, he has to explain all of it. There has to be an oh moment for the audience. Yeah. I guarantee you not a single other living human being read this script before this movie was made. Yeah, he's probably just giving them notes right before the scene. All right, you say that and you say this. Go. Oh, no, I don't mean actors. I'm sorry. I, I said that wrong. I don't mean actors. I mean, like, another person capable of, like, reading over a script or being offering any sort of constructive criticism. So, yeah, I, I really did not like the ending. I did find the movie somewhat entertaining. Uh, there were certain parts of it I liked. Um, I don't know if, if the parts that I thought were funny were funny on purpose. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a a, a guessing game you play with M. Night Shyamalan. But, uh, I mean, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it in the moment that I was watching it. The ending is pretty bad. Um... I, I would recommend that people probably watch this uh, a single time. I, I, I've got no reason to ever watch it again, but I think it's worth at least a single watch. Yeah, there were some bright spots. It's worth watching. Okay, uh, watch the first 20 minutes, and if you can stomach the first 20 minutes, continue your journey. Although I do just like, want to, before we finish here, the one thing that perhaps, and I think this was like the part of his elevator pitch that got the movie made, and it's the one thing for me that almost like justifies the price of admission here is that sequence with the and again just to spell out the chain of events feels gross two six-year-olds aged up into teens banged at a baby which died instantly it's so bizarre so disturbing in the movie theater, I also thought, like, M. Night Shyamalan, you fucking freak, you pervert, to to film this at all. <laughs> yeah, that was some weird, weird stuff. Uh, except here's the problem. That's the most interesting thing that happens. He yeah. instantly kills it, it's done, yeah, yeah. and then you move so. on, and it gets forgotten. I, I think, like, Trent says, like, one or two things that call back to it, and that was it. Yeah, like, lit oh my god, like, li like, literally, that is the worst thing. In our, in our alternate universe... Uh, idea with Polynesian demons. That is what gets explored. Right, yeah, that that would be, you know, that would be, the demon takes a new form. It would be the baby. Ooh, love it. Love it. Ooh, or the baby is a seed for a new beach. Like, they put it out into the ocean, and it, like, drifts away. You know, they just, like, put the corpse into the tide. And then, you know, like, we know that that's how, that's how these beaches get started. Like, there's more than one. And the seed is the dead infant conceived on the demon's beach. Oh, there's also, again, just to drive home, like, the fact that he feels the need to explain every last part of this. In the secret laboratory, it shows that they're, like, kind of researching the minerals that are the cliffs are made of. So, apparently, that was the correct explanation all along. Like, I don't know. It would be like if, if at the end of the happening, the shitty explanation that the characters are playing with, like, oh, maybe it's the plants on Earth are taking the revenge on humanity. Like, I am of the opinion that, that is not actually what's happening in the happening. But some of the really stupid characters present that as a possibility just because they need something to hold on to, right? And then it would be like if at the end of the happening he was like, and that was the case. And so we had to kill all the plants. <laughs> yep, every single one. Just take them out, burn them. Yeah, no, no big deal. No, no big loss. All right, so yeah, that is old. Uh, it's fucking bizarre. Uh, again, I didn't hate it. Yeah. it I, as I was watching it, I was pretty entertained. I felt, I didn't feel... It's what it's like a hundred minutes. It didn't feel that long to me. I felt like it kind of just breezed by uh, because the pacing yeah. is incredibly fast. 
for most of it. Felt felt a little draggy to me, um, honestly. And I think a lot of that is just because I was mad about the moments we've discussed. And no. I didn't hate the movie, but I hated M. Night Shyamalan for ruining it. Okay, well, thanks again for coming back, Adam. Maybe next time we'll hit up that new James Wan horror movie, which is, I think, only on HBO Max. Maybe it's in movie theaters. I'm not sure. All right. I'm into it. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me, James. All right, guys. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I don't know. Uh, enjoy your life. Build sandcastles. Don't stab each other. Make sandcastles instead. That's the point of the movie. It's just a jump to the left. With your hands on your hips. You're bringing me